Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. What a beautiful morning. Look at that sunshine. 72 right now, headed up to 89. It's the party line on 970 WATA. Good morning, folks. Welcome, and um, uh, today is a Tuesday. That's right. We had a holiday yesterday, and um, you see the um, Bonneville, right? We had a music special and everything? No, no. I, I did it. You did it. Yeah, okay. I did the entire three hours, and actually, we had some cuts of uh, Dad's voice in there. Oh, neat. Uh, too, so I wanted to include that. I've had many people ask me to try to do that again, and we are fortunate, blessed to, to have the recordings of Dad's uh, previous shows, some of them, mm. you know, from 10 to 12 years ago. So I got some pretty good feedback about that. And thank you for all the nice compliments and uh, kind words and sentiments regarding that, too. So you bet. It's good to hear Dad's voice again. Um, speaking of uh, that sort of thing, let me um, mention that um, um, last Friday, at one o'clock in the afternoon, my wife died. Patricia. Oh. And um, the uh, this was up at the uh, James Hospital, in uh, in uh, at Ohio State, the Cancer um, Institute or whatever you call it. Yeah. And um, that was kind of unexpected. Um. I was expecting to bring her uh, back to Athens that day to um, be in a nursing care facility and get stronger and that sort of thing, but it just didn't work out. Um, I don't know if the uh, obit's going to be in today's paper or I guess they only publish, what, three days a week now? Yeah. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So if it's not in today's paper, it'll be in Thursday's paper. But I think it's supposed to be in today's paper. Um, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I certainly condolences to you and family, you, too. And you weren't aware of this? No, I did not know. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have should have let you know. I'm sorry. Well, it's okay. Nothing to be sorry about. I uh, certainly... Praying for comfort for you and your family, and then yeah. uh, she fought a good fight. Yes, indeed. Many, many years. 
So, um, um, we're, um, you know, if you've never, well, I mean, everybody goes through this at some point with some member of their family. But uh, I, I had not particularly uh, had to do this before. I guess when my parents died, Carol was sort of the coordinator, my sister. Um, anyway, I've... I am simply amazed at how many details there are to accomplish. And, of course, when you live in a home together, um, you each have different responsibilities, and you may help one another, but, you know, like um, household expenses. <laughs> um she took care of all of that sort of thing, and now I'm trying to learn how to make sure nothing gets uh, overlooked, right? Yeah. Writing the obituary. Um, because there are members of the family around the nation, and you're trying to figure out what each of their wishes or th what they each think is an important item that needs to be included. Sure. And uh, so corresponding with them. And um, I, I'll just tell you, um, we're going to have a memorial service in a few weeks. Okay? Okay. Um, I believe it'll be at First Presbyterian Church. Uh, there will be um, um, a, a memorial service. I've been in touch with, I guess you folks have heard me say that we've hosted many students in our home from all over the world, and um, some of them are attempting to uh, make arrangements to come to Athens to be, to participate. So it's, it's um, there's a lot of details. Oh, my. Yeah. And uh, trying to recall and, and all of the, like, insurance policies and things like that. And then um, notifying uh, all the proper authorities once you have the actual death certificate in hand. So it's, it's uh, quite a... It's, it's uh, a real task. <laughs> to say the least. And um, daughter Jackie has been very helpful. Oh, that's good. Um, and I think will continue to be so. Um, and she's had to work on some of these things for different um, important university officials over the years, including Charlie Ping and so on. So... Um, she has a little bit of an idea of how this all goes, which is helpful. Well, anyway. Well, yeah, you know, it's just like you say. I mean, it's not easy to talk about it, too, I'm sure. But, mm -hmm. you know, there's so many arrangements that oh, have yeah. to be done. Um, you know, and, and in this day and age where we have um, 
online sites, right? Yeah. In, in passwords, in logins, in, um, you know, so you have yours and I have mine. And, um, oh, a couple years ago I said to Pat, uh, you know, we need to share with each other these items. And um, and so we did. But that's been a few years ago. And things that have been added or changed along the way, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, did you make a list somewhere? Oh, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. It, it hasn't been updated routinely. Ah, okay. Um. And for all I know, you know, this bill she's now paying electronically where she used to pay with a check. I don't know. We're, we'll get through it. Yeah. We'll get through yeah, it. Yeah, you can check out those things through the uh, companies, too, obviously. See yeah. how they're set up. But that takes time. It does. And, um, and you know, time is limited. Yeah, but so I'm sure you'll you'll get notices too if anything gets to the point where you know if you if you not sure which way the payment was done. Um, I have some of my things set up that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, you, we'll just figure it out. It yeah, you you kind of uh, and we hope that uh, learn on the fly the different organizations that uh, we're dealing with, they probably have to deal with this once in a while with someone's passing. and Oh, absolutely. They uh, will be a little more forgiving if there's something uh, running behind schedule until we figure it out, right? That's, yeah. Uh, that's my hope. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that, well, you know, we would hope the, that places would be flexible like that too an understanding which um, that's, know, that's I, probably the word I meant yeah well we today is May things. 31st folks uh, the final day of May today is National Smile Day it's National Autonomous Vehicle Day okay what do you think that means um Autonomous vehicle. I think it means one of those self-driving vehicles. Really? Yeah, I'm just pulling that out of the woodwork. I have no idea what it is. Well, maybe you could. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm digging. Okay. Yeah. What do uh, you What do you think it is? I haven't the foggiest. I really don't. Autonomous vehicle. Well, that's the same way with me. I having the foggiest idea either but um, autonomous doesn't that mean unidentifiable well autonomous means you know the the root word there being auto uh oh. automatic okay. something like that so well, okay. i i don't know here we go an autonomous vehicle including self-driving cars okay you had it both manned and unmanned and unmanned aerial vehicles may seem like something out of science fiction movies. Well, not anymore. 
Still, these cutting-edge technologies have a place of variety of industries at a precipice of change and uh, cars that take us from point A to B without having to touch the wheel are already a reality, uh, as we are well aware. Okay, autonomous friendly corridors, like one proposed in North Dakota, could boost commerce and become centers of more innovation. Pilot programs around the country test the variety of formats. Driverless cars in test areas continue to expand. Not only do these small samplings provide an opportunity for communities to see how they perform, but they also give the industry a chance to show how their safety technology works one community at a time. Well, it's National Autonomous Vehicle Day. Would you ride in one of those? I, I like to drive. So, so why? So I w- would not be happy just sitting in a passenger seat with some machine doing it. Yeah, I'm not sure if I feel safe with a computer, with my life in a computer's hands. Well, our lives are in computer hands. Well, I mean, you know I mean literally, yeah, like yeah. in a moving vehicle. Okay, if you're in a plane, yeah, you're, your life is in the hands of the pilots. And who, who are assisted by computers. Exactly. But, I mean, it's... it's um, Computer only is, is what I'm referring to. Yeah. That, no. I, I like to... Um, I like to drive. Yeah. You know, occasionally you hear of an accident of, of one of these self-driving cars, too, and I'm like, yeah, you know, that kind of makes me reinforce my thoughts even more about not wanting to ride in one of those. But as as I've looked at those, they've generally been caused by somebody else, not the cars making a mistake. Yeah, that very well but could be, too. Anyway, let's that's, that's, uh, that's keep going. So yeah. it's National Macaroon Day, National Speak and Complete Sentences Day, National Save Your Hearing Day, Okay, here's one we're going to work on. Necrotizing fascitis. Fasciitis. Fasciitis Awareness Day. I bet that has to do with feet. I don't have any idea. So that's, um, I'm guessing. Dig in. Shines a light on this rare disease which affects the soft tissues of the skin and if not appropriately treated can spread quickly. Uh, but what let's is see. it? Is it a, it's a skin disease? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even a small cut can become infected uh, with bacteria, and it is most commonly um, believed to be caused by group A, strep. It says streptococcus, but I shortened it to strep, like strep throat. And recognizing the symptoms and quickly getting treatment can mean the difference between life and death. So, this observance offers more information to help prevent the infection. Hmm. So, yes, it uh, can bacteria can enter the body through other wounds uh, via burns, bites, punctures, and uh, even surgical incisions may be areas of entry for the bacteria caused by group A strep 
Well, it's a rare disease, but uh, when you when you watch when you watch surgical procedures, there's some TV shows that have that, and we used to watch some of them. You know, all of the precautions they take first to make sure everything is sterilized. Uh, the rubber gloves, the, the cleaning of their, you know what I mean. Yeah, um, washing their hands first. And yet still, something, sometimes, once in a while. Yeah. Dad had something like that happen in, in his eye when he had, uh, I think it was cataract surgery maybe. Mm-hmm. But the uh, surgeon... Be said that uh, he's never had something like that happen before. Of course, I said, well, Dad, I guess you're the lucky one. The lucky one. Yeah, he had to go back to to the surgeon and have shots, I think, in his eye. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Yeah. That just made me just mm, shiver. I woke (laughs) up um, the other night with something in my eye, and it was – I. I thought, surely it's just an eyelash that's tucked under, you know? Yeah. And I spent about 30 minutes trying to see if I could see it and get it out of there. And never never really was successful, although it stopped hurting or, or irritating. So you never did find it? Not really. Hmm. Well, that's good it stopped anyway, but... You know, when I heard about so, getting shot in the eye, a, a oh, shot yeah. in the eye, I was like, oh, my goodness. You right. know, it just kind of made me grip my teeth and, ugh, one of those. But he said, he said, oh, it didn't hurt. Dad had such a high pain tolerance. I don't know how he withstood some of the pain he did. But he did. Um, of course, yesterday was mem- Memorial Day. Yes. And... Um, So we didn't have a show. We had uh, a musical special. Yes. Loved it. It was great. So let's see. Let's talk about what would have been mentioned on Memorial Day as well. It was World Multiple Sclerosis Day, National Creativity Day, National Hole in My Bucket Day, <laughs> Is that a good thing or not? I don't have the foggiest idea. A hole in the bucket. National hole in my bucket day. <laughs> we'll go on. Why, Lo- why have a bucket? Loomis day. Loomis day. Hmm. What is Loomis? It sounds like a disease or some ailment. Yeah, or... I don't, let's see. Uh, L-O-O-M-I-S. I, I thought it was a person, but let me let, let me see here. Uh, Loomis Day falls on May 30 each year, celebrates Malin Loomis oh. and his important discoveries relating to telegraphic communication. Loomis, who was an American dentist, was fascinated by the Earth's atmosphere and how it could be used for long-distance wireless communication. Wow, was I off. But um, once you mentioned this uh, 
electronic communication thing, I, it started to come back to me. Loomis Day, okay. National Water of Flower Day. We surely did that yesterday. I was working in the yard a good bit. National Mint Julep Day. So there you go. Mint Julep, that's a favorite at Churchill Downs at the Kentucky Derby every day, every day, every year. Boy, we had some races this weekend. Oh, wow. Yeah, the Indy 500. And we had Ohio baseball. So how'd that turn out? Uh, they lost to uh, Toledo. Uh, they they were two and out, 0-2. Oh okay. Lost the first and second games with double elimination. So they're done. Yeah, they were eliminated. Uh, I think the final was like 12-5 to or something like that. So, yeah, they're done for the year. But, you know, they made it to the tournament, so hopefully – Building on some good things for next season. Of course. So, uh, way to go, Cats. And uh, you know, Central Michigan ended up winning the MAC Baseball Tournament. And I think they are headed to the Florida Regional, uh, which is hosted by the University of Florida. The top teams get uh, home field advantage sure. for the regionals heading up to the College World Series. In Omaha. Speaking of the Bobcats. Yes. There's an event tonight. Um, I don't know if I was aware of this before this, but um, it's field day at Peden Stadium. Um, faintly in my memory, I think they've done this before. Yes, they have. Okay. But tonight, from 5 to 7, is field day at Peden Stadium. Now, Peden Stadium's football, folks. Our beautiful football stadium. From 5 to 7. Um, now, what, what does this mean? Um, well, first of all, they're... They're giving away a bunch of T-shirts. I think they have 200 or so to to give out. Um, there's, um, and they call it the tie-dye station. So uh, I, it sounds interesting. Okay, there's water games for kids and stuff. Well, for adults too. Uh, we have football challenge stations. So. Maybe it's who can throw the best or the farthest or the most accurate. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's what it is. It's a skills type of competition. So you maybe you you stand at a line and try to throw it through a hoop far mm -hmm. away. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's a meet and greet with the players and the coaches, so they'll all be present. Um. Says a free Goodfellas pizza and Kona ice. So I guess there's, you know, you can have a little snack there. Yeah. And it says open field for fun and games. Now. Which means you can actually go down onto the field. Yes. And, and if you've never been on field turf before, folks. Check it out. It's pretty cool. 
Now, there's another statement here that I, 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 this is interesting. It says, come join us Tuesday, May 31st, that's today, from 5 to 7 for a field day at Peden Stadium. This will be our final event on the turf before it gets replaced this summer. Hmm. So. Um, that's an expensive project. Yeah. Now, artificial turf. Sure looks great, and it's um, it has a different field to play on than regular turf. But of course, most places have gone to it because it is, uh, in the long run, low maintenance. Very low. Now, how many years does an artificial turf field typically last? I think they they usually guarantee them, they being the companies that install them, for about 10 years. Okay. And right around the 10-year segment there, once it's finished, uh, it's time to look at replacing that. Uh, that, well, that they're gonna re- they're gonna replace it this summer. Yeah, that was done when I was uh, working in the athletics department too, and it was pretty cool. And I don't know if you remember this or not, but after it was replaced, uh, it was getting chewed up. There were huge divots in the ground, and it looked like a cow pasture without the cow patties. But I mean, there were just big holes in there where linemen were pushing off and Running, you know, that's a good way to to get someone injured on a field like that. So it had to be dug up and replaced. And I'm not sure if they did some of that during the season when the Bobcats were away for a couple weeks, but it just did not meet standards at all. So the company had to dig it up again and replace it again. And fortunately, it was replaced the correct way for the next uh, I think that's the turf that's still down right now as a matter of fact the one they're about to replace yeah yeah but it's uh it's it's not cheap so I'm gonna say anywhere from mm, quarter million to a million bucks to have it replaced sure something like that but it is really neat I mean when I played football you know, as they say, back in the day, we played on this, the, the hard dirt, you know, and the grass, a little bit of grass on top of it. And man, I'll tell you what, you landed on your elbow or your knee, you felt it. But with this field turf now, it has a spongy feel to it. And it absorbs, you know, you fall down or get hit, uh, you fall on your elbow or your knee, you barely feel it. Just like falling on a on a, a firm bedding. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it, like you said, it's really nice. Well, anyway, that's uh, this evening, folks, from 5 to 7. Yeah, and I talked to Coach Alvin. Know, He's looking for, for a nice turnout there, too. So Another thing that occurs to me is they could take the old turf, and I don't. Cut it in three foot squares, and people might want to have a square for their home. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we did that with the convocation center floor. I think you have a piece of it. I don't have you? a piece in that was put in permanently into the hallway. Yeah, 
and it has the half court line on it. Um, but little mementos like that would, you know, I would think would have some value. Yeah, it's it's kind of hard to do because it's kind of like those uh, the field turf is made up of some uh, a material like granulized rubber particles. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure they may have to put some type of adhesive on top of it to keep it from falling off everywhere <laughs> you try to transport it hmm. but it's possible i mean you know it'd be a good fundraiser all right let's see let's do uh historical events okay on this date in 1578 martin frobisher sails from harwich england to frobisher bay Imagine that. Canada. You sail across to Canada and you get the place you land named after you. He eventually mines fool's gold. Famously used to pave the streets of London. 1902. The Boer War ends. B-O-E-R. The Treaty of Unity was signed. Britain annexes Transvaal, T-R-A-N-S-V-A-A-L. 1910, on this date, Union of South Africa declares its independence from the United Kingdom. 1916, the Battle of Jutland. Largest naval battle of World War One between the British Grand Fleet and the German High Seas Fleet, which killed eight thousand six hundred and forty-five in an inconclusive battle, but strategic British victory. German fleet never puts to sea again during World War One. 1935, a 7.7 magnitude earthquake destroys hmm, Quetta, Q-U-E-T-T-A, in Balochistan, British India, uh, which since has become known as Pakistan. That 7.7 magnitude earthquake killed 40,000. Terrible. 1947, communists seize power in Hungary. Here's another earthquake, this time 7.75. Ankesh earthquake off the coast of Peru kills. This time they've got... uh, Somewhere between 66 and 70,000 people and sets off the world's deadliest avalanche. Okay, famous birthdays. Clint Eastwood, still alive. Today would be his 92nd birthday. Go ahead, make my day. Clint Eastwood, Jr., is an American actor, film director, and producer. 
After achieving success in the Western TV series Rawhide, I remember him in that, Mm -hmm. he rose to international fame with his role as the man with no name. Movies include Gran Torino, just from 2008, The Good, The Bad, The Ugly, um, Unforgiven, uh, The Mule, Dirty Harry, um, let's see, Fistful of Dollars, Million Dollar Baby, American Sniper, The Outlaw, Josie Wales. That was a good one. Many, many movies. Let's go on. Colin Farrell, celebrating his 46th birthday today. Um, boy, his picture looks familiar. Help me. Colin James Farrell is an Irish actor. He first appeared in the BBC drama series Bali Kiss an Angel, then made his film debut in the drama film The War Zone, and was discovered by Hollywood upon taking the lead war uh, lead role in the war drama film Tigerland. Okay. He was also in The Batman from 2022, The Gentleman of 2019, Total Recall from 2012, and The Lobster from 2015. <laughs> you mentioned how um, he was from Ireland. You know, uh, I've been getting interested in the last year or so in this Ancestry.com business. Mm-hmm. So I did my DNA and all, and I've had a lot of a lot of suggestions from them that this person might be a relative and that person and so on. And um, But the basis, they say, is uh, Wales. And I, Ireland is, of course right there but uh, they did mention that was also a possibility but Colin Farrell okay now two two fellows that um, Walt Whitman was born on this date in 1819 he died in 1892 Walter Whitman was an American poet essayist and journalist a humanist he was part of the transition between transcendentalism and realism, incorporating both views in his works. Whitman is among one of the most influential poets in the American canon, often often called the father of free verse. Here's, Some of um, his poems include Leaves of Grass, I Sing the Body Electric, O Captain, My Captain. Another person, John Bonham, B-O-N-H-A-M. John was born on this date in 1948. He died in 1980, made it to 32, I guess, years of age. John Henry Bonzo Bonham was an English musician, best known as the drummer for the English rock band Led Zeppelin. Uh-huh. Esteemed for his speed, power, fast, single-footed kick drumming, you know what all that stuff is with you being a percussionist? Oh, absolutely. Distinctive sound and feel for the groove he is regarded as one of the greatest and most influential rock drummers in history. Yeah, he didn't have a real long life, did no, he? No, 32 by my count years. 
Um, okay, now, two famous deaths. And what I mean by that is their death occurred on this date. Elizabeth Blackwell. She lived from 1821 until this date in 1910. Elizabeth Blackwell. She was a British physician, notable as the first woman to receive a medical degree in the United States. Hmm. And the first woman on the medical register of the General Medical Council. The other one is that of Jack Dempsey. Ah, great boxer. 1985, his birth. He died on this date in 1983. William Harrison, Jack Dempsey, nicknamed Kid Blackie, and the Manassas Mauler, was an American professional boxer who competed from 1914 to 1927 and reigned as the world heavyweight champion from 1919 to 1926. Let's turn our attention to the news. Um, uh, We understand there's going to be a federal probe in Texas. What I mean is the Justice Department will review the response by local police to last week's mass shooting there at Robb Elementary in Nivaldi. This move comes amid mounting questions over the decision to not fully engage the attacker at this scene, allowing him to remain barricaded inside a pair of classrooms for more than an hour. Local officials have faced intense criticism over contradictory details and a lack of clarity surrounding the timeline of the day. Sources say officers were present outside the classrooms by 11.35 in the morning. However, the suspect was not killed until 12.50 when a tactical border patrol unit reached the first room. So, during the intervening 75 minutes, reports suggest officers were told not to engage, despite multiple calls by students to 911 and so on, from inside the classrooms during that time. Local police have also faced scrutiny following videos posted to social media showing frantic parents being restrained outside the school. As we all know, 19 students and two teachers were killed in the attack. The husband of one of the adult victims suffered a heart attack and died Thursday. And, of course, separately, investigators have not yet uncovered a motive for the shooting, but but say the gunman left a number of potential warning signs. Well, let's see here. Exascale Era Arrives is the headline. Let's see what it means. The U.S. is once again home to the world's top supercomputer with Oak Ridge National Laboratory's Frontier Facility ranked number one in the semi-annual list of the world's 500 
most powerful systems. Japan's Fujaku uh, system had held the top spot for the past two years. Beyond leading the list, the Frontier system was qualified as the first true exascale computing platform capable of performing a billion, billion operations per second. A billion, billion. Hmm. Among other applications, the massive computing power is expected to unlock new insights into complex systems ranging from climate to molecular-level medicine, urban modeling, and more. The computing power, oh, get this one now, Scott. The computing power is also believed to be com comparable or comparable to that of the human brain. Oh, wow. I didn't know our brains were that great. Oh, my goodness, yes. But I mean, what a statement. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see here. About five minutes remaining. Let's put this report away. That goes in that stack. Let's reach over for this one. Uh, New York Times. And David Lenhart, who's most often the author of that morning report, says, Good morning. Masks work. So why haven't COVID mask mandates made much difference? Then there's sort of a two words here. It says, Aristotle inverted. COVID cases and hospitalizations are rising again in the U.S., and deaths are starting to rise, too. In response, many people are understandably asking what the country can do to minimize the virus's toll in the weeks ahead. So far, a lot of discussion is focused on mask mandates. Um, folks, let me just say, at... Um, last week or so when I was up at the James Daily um, everybody there is wearing a mask they won't let you in if you aren't uh, they have the uh, hand stuff all over the place um, anyway yeah I, oh Blennis has it too. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure all hospitals. Yeah, you go know. in, you either have to have a mask or they give you one. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, well, even if you go in with one, they will make you uh, put on a new one. Change out, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, the evidence suggests that broad mask man man mandates have not done much to reduce COVID caseloads over the past two years. Today, mask rules may do even less than in the past, given the contagiousness of current versions of the virus. 
and successful public health campaigns rarely involve a divisive fight over a measure unlikely to make a big difference. Well, I don't know. This is a lengthy article. Wow, is it lengthy. Again, if you go to the New York Times... Search for that, and then the morning. That's the name of this report I bring in often. I saw a graphic this morning regarding new cases in the state of Ohio, and it was nearly at 20,000. This subvariant is more infectious than the previous variants of COVID. Remarkable. Yes, so... Folks, beware again. Um, I'm just flip, flipping through some pages here. And really, um, I don't think there's time to do any more of those stories. We've got about a minute or so left. Uh, well, maybe a little more than that. But let's see, which clock do I look at? This one here. Right. Yes. So we got a minute. Yes. Right. Folks, um, once again, um, how do I want to say? I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm sure. Um, to if, say the if least. If you missed the earlier part of the show, I mentioned that my wife passed last Friday. Uh, there will be a memorial service sometime in the next few weeks. Um, Thank goodness for Hope and Foley, our two dogs. They keep me company. Yes. And, uh, but um, making this adjustment is very complicated. All right. Be careful out there. We'll see you tomorrow when we have Chris Meal as our guest. County Commissioner. In our 72nd year of serving Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. The first of the 19 children killed in the mass shooting at an elementary school in Uvalde, Texas, will be buried today. One of them is Destiny Esquivel's 10-year-old cousin, Maite who dreamed of becoming a marine biologist. I hope the governor, the president, they learn because they wouldn't want it to happen to their kids, so why would you let it to happen to others? Two teachers also died in that attack at Robb Elementary. In Washington, the debate over gun control resumes. CBS's Scott McFarland says lawmakers from both sides of the aisle will join the discussion today. Texas Republican Senator John Cornyn says it'll be a virtual Zoom meeting between a bipartisan group of senators and that they'll talk about a, quote, basic framework on gun legislation. A tornado has devastated a small community in Minnesota. Officials northwest of 
Minneapolis say their town is half gone. At least 100 homes have been either destroyed or severely damaged in and around Fereda. Douglas County Emergency Management Director Julie Anderson expects that number to climb. Hudson Township, which is right near the city of Fereda, was also impacted. About 20 homes were damaged in Hudson Township, and they're also working on the recovery along with the city of Fereda. And we also just did have some damage up in the city of Nelson. Anderson adds there haven't been any reports of serious injuries or fatalities. Mark Fry for CBS News, Minneapolis. In southwestern Mexico. Torrential rains are filling rivers to the brim and flooding the community of San Isidro del Parmar a day after Hurricane Agatha slammed into beaches and fishing towns in the state of Oaxaca. Officials say Agatha was the strongest hurricane ever recorded to come ashore in the month of May in the eastern Pacific. Last night, it was downgraded to a tropical storm. The EU has made a new move to punish Russia for the war in Ukraine. After weeks of erosive, deadlocked wrangling, finally, EC President Ursula von der Leyen could announce a ban on almost 90% of all Russian oil imports by the end of the year. But this sixth round of sanctions does not include a ban on Russian natural gas. Europe continues